Amen. So for all the moms, I do want to say happy Mother's Day. And I think most women would fall into any one of those categories that was mentioned in the video. And I just want to say thank you, moms, for all that you do for your family. Because I truly believe that besides Christ, it is a mom, it is a wife that is the glue that holds the family together. Because us dads surely can't do that. If your mom is still alive, I just want to encourage you to tell her how much you love her. Tell her how much you are thankful for all the things that she's done for you. And if your mom has passed, thank God for her and for the time that he gave you with her and for the impact that she has had on your life. And husbands, make sure your wife knows how much you love her and how much you appreciate her. And I'm a firm believer we should just not celebrate moms on Mother's Day, but every day should be Mother's Day. And so what I want to do is I just, before I get into the message, I want to read Proverbs 29, 30, or 31, 29 to 31, and then just have a prayer for our moms. Proverbs 31, 29 through 31 says, Many women are capable, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is praised. Give her the reward of her labor, and let her works praise her at the city gate. Let's have a time of just prayer for our mothers today. Father, we're just so thankful for your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, we're just thankful for the love that you have shown us in the giving of your son. And Father, we do thank you for the gift of salvation. And Father, we also thank you for the gift of moms. Father, we just thank you for the moms that you have blessed us with, the moms that you have given us. And Father, may we see them as a, as a treasure from you, God, as a gift, as a blessing from you. And Father, we thank you for, all the mom, for what all the moms have done for us. Father, there's no way we can repay them. Father, there's no way that we can give back to them the way that they've given to us. Lord, they've given sacrificially, they've given unconditionally. Father, they've given their time. They've given so much for their family. And Father, most of all, I thank you for moms who taught their families and led their families in Christ. Father, I thank you for moms who taught their children about Jesus. Not just in teaching about Jesus, but in their life and how they lived for Jesus. And Father, we know moms have put up with so much and done so much. And Father, we just want to thank you for them today. And we want to honor them and celebrate them. And Father, may we just not celebrate our moms and think of our moms today. May we think about them and celebrate them every day that we live. Lord, we honor you today. We love you today. And Father, we just pray you'd be with us in our time of worship as we continue. Lord, in your word. And Father, we just pray that you would speak to hearts. And we just thank you for what we've already experienced today, Father, with the baptism. Father, we thank you for what we've experienced with celebrating moms today. And God, we just pray that you'd speak to us through your word. And it's your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bible, you can turn back to Ephesians chapter 5. This is where we started last week, talking about this idea of, of mutual submission and 
And currently we're going through a series called Building Blocks of a Godly Home, and we've talked about the importance of having Christ as the foundation. And last week we began talking about this idea of submission. And we talked about how this word or this idea is so misunderstood in our culture by both Christians and non-Christians. And if we as Christians misunderstand godly submission, how can we expect the world to understand godly submission? So I'm going to recap for you last week what we talked about. And then I'm going to talk about husbands are to submit to their wives. I know there are a lot of wives that are waiting for this message. And so hopefully I will not disappoint. Uh, Let me start by reading 521 of Ephesians chapter 5. 521, Paul writes, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Now 521 is a long, end of a long sentence that Paul starts in verse 18. In verse 18, Paul talks about how we need to be filled with the Spirit. And in verses 19 through 21, he tells us how we can do that. He tells us we can be filled through the Spirit with speaking, with singing, with giving thanks. And then in verse 21, he says the last way we can be filled with the Spirit is by submitting ourselves one to another. Now, the word submit is the Greek word hypotasso, and it means to place or arrange under. It means to subject, to subordinate our rights to someone else. It means to put the will of others above our will. And what Paul is trying to say is that when we submit to each other, it is an indication that we are filled with the Spirit, and it is out of reverence for Christ. So the starting point of our submission to others, it's grounded, it's rooted in our submission to Christ, and it is an indication that we have been filled by the Spirit of God. And then Ephesians 5, 22 through 6, 3, Paul uses the home to demonstrate what godly submission looks like. And Paul defines the main responsibilities of wives and husbands and even children. And Paul does not necessarily give an exhaustive theology of marriage, but he does discuss He does define the main responsibilities in husbands and wives and even children. And in doing so, he gives an incredible analogy of how marriage, of how the family is a picture of Christ in the church. And we must understand that God has structured the home to work in a certain way. And in order for the home to function the way he designed it, we must follow his structure. And even though in marriage, husband and wives have clearly defined in different roles, husbands and wives have equal value. Because in a marriage relationship, husbands and wives are both called to submit. As mutual submission, it creates, it preserves harmony to the family. It creates an atmosphere of love, an atmosphere of respect, an atmosphere of peace, an atmosphere of grace. And if you apply these principles that Paul describes in Ephesians chapter 5, if you practice mutual submission in your home, then you will build a godly, spirit-filled home. And you may be a single parent or you may be single, and you say, how does this apply to me? I want to encourage you, don't tune me out, because your home needs to be defined by submission as you are to submit to Christ. And if you remarry or get married, These principles will need to be practiced in your home, in your marriage, and in your family. So this is something that applies to all of us regardless of where we are. And last week we looked at what it means for the wife to submit to the husband. And this morning we're going to look at what it means for husbands and children to submit. 
And let me briefly recap last week, just so the husbands I can say I said something to the wives today. In a spirit-filled home, point number one, submission means a wife willingly submits to her husband. As God has ordained the husband to lead the home, and the wife is to follow his leadership. Verses 22 to 24, he said this, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Now as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to their husbands in everything. So according to God's word, not my word, wives have an obligation to submit to their husbands. It's said very clearly in verse 22, but here is the key. Wives are to submit to their husbands if their husband is submitted to Christ. Remember, submission is grounded in Christ. Apart from Christ, there is no submission. So wives, if your husband is submitted to Christ, if your husband is following Christ, you have the responsibility to follow him in every area of your life. As Paul says in verse 24, he said, Submit to your husbands in everything. Now, guys, before you get too excited, this does not mean that you get your, tell your wife what to do and she immediately does it, unless you're able to convince her that Jesus told you she needed to do it. And good luck with that. But submission does not mean obedience. Submission does not mean inferiority. Remember, we're of equal value. But the reason a wife is to submit to her husband is because her husband loves the Lord and is following him and leading his family to follow Jesus. And there is a motive, there is a consideration of godly loving submission. In verse 22 he says, Wives, submit to your own husband. Here's the motive or the uh, the, uh, consideration as to the Lord. Wives, you have an obligation to submit to your husband out of your obligation to God and out of your desire to honor Christ and to be conformed to his image. Because when you are submitting to your husband, you are doing so out of love for and for your submission to Christ. And submission of the wife is also a perfect illustration of Christ in the church. In verses 23 and 24, he said, As women submit to their husbands, it's a picture of the church submitting to Christ. Why does the church submit to Christ? Because Christ is the head of the church and he loves the church. Why should a wife submit to her husband? Because he is the head of the wife. He is the head of the family. He is the head of the home. He is the one that God has chosen to lead. And most importantly, because he loves Jesus And he loves his family. But just as the wife should be willing to submit to her husband, the husband should be willing to submit to his wife in a different way. So let's read Ephesians 5, 25 to 31. And talk about how husbands are to submit to their wives. Starting in verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives, just as also Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her and washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ dies for the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I am not but I am talking about Christ in the church. 
to sum, to sum up each one of you is to love his wife as himself. And the wife is to respect her husband. So how, according to Scripture, does the, wife's, or does the husband submit to his wife? By willingly sacrificing for his wife. Guys, it sounded pretty good when Paul said that wives were to obey their husbands in everything. But unfortunately for us, he did not stop there. In fact, Paul spends a lot more time telling husbands how they are to submit to their wives than he does telling wives how to submit to their husbands. And someone said last week, they said they had a feeling this week's message is going to be a lot longer. Because what Paul said to the husbands is a lot longer than what he said to the wives. And that person was exactly right. So don't look at your watches. Paul had a lot more to say to the husbands about how we are to submit to our wives than he did to the wives about how they are to submit to their husbands. So here it goes. Women, you sit back and enjoy. Men, you pay close attention. Husbands have a heavier role in marriage. I did not say a more important role. Because wives and moms are so critical to a family. And many homes would not function without a mom or without a wife. But I believe the godly structure of the home rises and falls on the husband's desire to love and to serve his wife and children the way Christ loved and served the church. Because a godly home starts with the husband. Because God has ordained the husband as the head of the home. Paul speaks to the husband more than the wife. It is hard leading because when you lead there is accountability when you lead there is responsibility and husbands are going to be held responsible for what happens to and in their home i just love it when Joni says to me well you're the man it's your decision if it doesn't work out guess who's responsible guess who's held accountable not her me And the example is Adam and Eve. Even though Eve took the fruit from the tree and took the first bite, who does the Bible, who does God say brought sin into the world? In Romans 5, 12, Scripture says, By one man sin entered the world. It didn't say by one woman. It said by one man sin entered the world. Guys, we are responsible for what happens In our home, just like Adam was responsible for what happened to his wife. So, husbands, the way you are to submit to our wives is through sacrifice. And in this passage, there are three ways a husband sacrifices for his wife. The first one is this a husband sacrifices for his wife by loving her with a sacrificial love. You see, the marital relationship should be a picture of Christ's love for us. And in verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Even though Jesus was the head of the church, he came to serve the church through humility and love. And in Mark 10, 45, Jesus said that he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And right before Jesus was arrested, He was in the upper room. What was he doing? He was serving his disciples. He was washing their feet, which was a job reserved for a household servant. And as the head of the church, Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to die for us. 
He was willing to give his life for us. Jesus served us through sacrifice. And guys, in the same way, we as the head of the home are to serve our wives through sacrifice. Marriage is a call to serve. Marriage is a call to die. You may say, well, I didn't sign up for that. Oh, yes, you did. When you said, I do, you did sign up for that. So husbands, at the head of the home, you are to love your wife so much that you are willing to die for her. You are willing to give your life for her. And to love your wife is to put her needs ahead of your own. It's to sacrifice what you want for what she wants or needs. It's sacrificing your desires, your ambitions, your schedule, what you want to do for what she wants to do. It's about crucifying for your, your flesh for your wife. It's dying to yourself. It's a call to serve your wife the way Christ served the church. Even if that means going camping on a weekend when a big game is on. Even if that means taking care of her while she is sick instead of going hunting or fishing or hanging out with the guys. Even if it means going shopping with her when you really don't want to, but she wants you to. From day one, I've sacrificed for my wife. She made me think differently, but this is my story, and I'm telling it. <laughs> it started on our wedding day, November 18, 2000. This is how much I love my wife. I was willing to have our wedding on Iron Bowl Saturday. For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, that is the Auburn-Alabama game in the state of Alabama. The biggest rivalry in college football. Everything stops in the state of Alabama for the Auburn-Alabama game. It's a religion. Football is king. But I was willing to sacrifice for my wife and have our wedding on November 18th, 2000. I even had groomsmen who were willing to come from the state of Alabama and were Alabama and Auburn fans to come to my wedding and be in my wedding. Now they threatened to show our, our, the game at our reception, but they didn't do that, thankfully. And this is before DVR. This is before any kind of recording device. But I, I sacrificed for my wife on that day. Because I was willing to have my wedding on the day of the big game. Now, I do have to admit, after the wedding, we had to stop by the, our apartment to get something before our mini honeymoon. And I did sit on the couch. I did turn on the game for a few minutes just to catch a glimpse. <laughs> and thankfully, Auburn won nine to nothing. It looked like a very boring game, so I'm, I'm glad I, I missed it. But the things we will not do for our wives, right, guys? But here's where loving your wife with the sacrificial love all comes together. And it's a beautiful picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Think about this. Because Christ, our bridegroom, died for the church. That sacrifice. We, the church, the bride of Christ, are to live for him. That is submission. And husbands, you are to die daily for your wives. That sacrifice. Wise, and because your husband died daily for you, you are to live daily for him. That's submission. And real love, sacrificial love, does whatever needs to be done and does not count the cost. Whatever is needed, love gives. And this is how Jesus loves us. And this is how we are to love our wives. 
Chris Spillman made a living as a tough, hard-nosed linebacker in the National Football League, and he played for the Detroit Lions and the Buffalo Bills in the late 80s and 90s. Four-time All-Pro linebacker. He was known for his intense play and for his love for the game of football. But before the 1998 season began, his wife was diagnosed with cancer. And Chris Spillman had a choice to make. To continue playing football or to not play football and to take care of his wife. Spillman chose to miss an entire year of football to take care of his wife. And he told reporters that his decision was based on nothing more than his love for his family. And he explained, he said this, he said, I told Stephanie... I want to be the one to take you to treatments. I want to be the one to hold your hand. I want to be the one to take care of my kids when she can't. They had two daughters under the age of five. By what he did, he he demonstrated sacrificial love. He put her needs ahead of his. He put his life on hold for her. That is sacrifice. And it's exciting to hear of men who take their family responsibility seriously. And to love our wives sacrificially is to love them in this way. And Scripture is clear in pointing out that husbands and dads have an obligation to love their families in a caring and compassionate way. To love their wives, to love their families, just as Christ loved the church, by giving his life for her and sacrificing for her. So the first way, guys, that we submit to our wives is loving them with a sacrificial love. The second way is we love her with a sanctifying love. Verses 26 and 27. He says, Christ loved the church, gave himself for her for this reason, to make her holy, cleansing her in the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but holy and blameless. That word sanctify, it means to set apart. And through his sacrifice, Jesus sanctified us. Jesus made us holy. Jesus cleanses us, his bride, the church. And when Paul speaks of washing, he is emphasizing the spiritual washing that took place. And how did Jesus cleanse the church? How did he wash the church spiritually? Through the word of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And just as Jesus makes the church holy and provides for the church to become like him, Husbands, we are to provide an environment in which our wives can become like Jesus. Husbands, we should love our wives in such a way that it causes her to grow in the likeness of Christ. And here's a great question for us us as husbands to consider. Are our wives growing in Christ because of us? Or are they growing in Christ in spite of us? If your wife is growing in Christ and becoming like Christ because of you, if your children are growing in Christ and becoming like Christ because of you, then you are loving your wife and your children with a sanctifying love. And guess what? If you love your wife, if you love your children in this way, your wife will have no problem submitting to you and your children will desire, most of the time, to be obedient to you. Husbands, make your wife's spiritual well-being. Make your family's spiritual well-being a priority, just like Jesus made that his priority for us. And the best way I know how to put it is this. Sanctify your wife by shepherding your wife and your family faithfully. Give your family what they need to grow in Christ. Lead by example as Christ led by example. And if you're a single parent, shepherd your 
home. Give your children what they need to grow in Christ. Husbands, don't be a hindrance to your wife. Don't be a hindrance to your children growing in Christ. Be the reason that your wife and your children are growing in Jesus. And if you want your wife and your children to grow in Christ, you need to be growing in Christ. You need to be in the Word. You need to be practicing spiritual disciplines. You need to be involved in church. You need to be talking to your family, to your wife and your children about God's Word. You need to be interested in going, what's going on in their lives. You need to be interested in their spiritual disciplines. You need to be interested in their church involvement. You need to know their fears and their struggles and their disappointments and their hopes and their dreams. And notice one more thing about what Christ does for the church. Scripture said after he cleanses her and makes her holy, he presents her blameless. And as someone mentioned to me after the service last week, and I agree with them completely, this is the picture of how one presents a gift to a king. You know, when a gift is presented to a king, the one presenting the gift, he, he gets on his knees and he bows down and he lifts up the gift to the king. And the same way the husband is to lift up to present his wife to Christ as one who is blameless. And the only way that we as husbands can present our wives as blameless is by loving her with a sanctifying love, by helping her to conform to the image of Christ. But guys, here's the key. You can't help your wife grow in Christ. You can't help your family grow in Christ. You can't help your family conform the image of Christ if you are not growing in Christ and conforming to the image of Christ. And we must understand that the purpose of love is to perfect the one who is being loved. So the purpose of loving your wife is to help her become the person God wants her to be. When you love her with the perfect love of Christ, you help her to become perfect in Christ. And if we want our wives, men, to become who God wants them to be, we need to become who Christ wants us to be. The third type of love is you need to love her with a selfish love. Verses 28 and 30, he says, In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church. And since we are members of his body, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. What's he saying? Care for your wife like you care for yourself. Be attentive to her every need. Be completely selfish for her and not yourself. And just like you desire to satisfy your needs, desire to satisfy her needs even more. 1 Peter 3, 7, Peter wrote, Husbands, in the same way, be considered as you live with your wives and treat, with them, treat them with respect as the weaker partner delic or delicate vessel and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayer. He says, treat them with respect as the weaker partner of the delicate vessel. The idea there is that, that our wives are like fine china. Fine china is delicate, but fine china is valuable. Now, what do we do with fine china? Some of you guys are saying, well, at my house, we put it in a box and shove it in the closet. That's not what you're to do with your wife. That's not the implication. 
So what do most people do with their china? Or what did people used to do? They used to put it on display in a china cabinet to protect it, to nourish it, and they cherished it because it was valuable to them. And guys, in the same way, we are to nourish our wives. We are to cherish our wives. We are to value our wives. We are to protect our wives. We are to be proud of our wives and desire to honor her and not hide her. We are to give her what she needs when she needs it. You need to give her strength when she needs strength. You need to give her encouragement when she needs encouragement. You need to listen to her when she needs someone to talk to or someone to vent to. If she needs someone to pray with her, you need to be there to pray with her. And you should be praying for her daily anyway. There was a sick woman that went to the doctor's office with her husband. And the doctor examined the woman. He ran some tests while her husband waited in the reception area. And when the doctor emerged with a concerned look on his face, the husband became a little anxious and he He asked the doctor, he said, Doctor, will my wife be okay? The doctor said, I'm afraid your wife is very ill. She has a rare form of anemia, but if it's left untreated, she will certainly die from it. However, there is a cure. The man said, a cure? Yes, the doctor said. He said, with rest and proper nutrition, the disease will go away and to remission, your wife should live for many more years. But the doctor said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take her home and treat her like a queen. I want you to fix her three home-cooked meals a day and wait on her hand and foot. I want you to bring her breakfast in bed. I want you to, to give her a back rub in the morning and a full body massage every evening. I want you to give her anything that she needs. And oh, and one more thing. Because her immune system is so weak, the house needs to remain spotless. Do you have any questions? The doctor asked. The husband said he had none. And then the doctor said, Do you want me to break the news to your wife or do you want to do it? The husband replied with sorrow in his voice. He said, No, I think this is something I need to do. So the husband walked into the examination room where his wife was sitting. The wife sensed that something wasn't quite right and that something was wrong. She said, It's bad, isn't it? What did the doctor say? With tears streaming down his face, the husband answered, The doctor said, You're going to die. Never mind, I'll go on. So, I don't want to get in trouble. Um, this man was not willing to love his wife with a sacrificial love. He was not willing to put her needs above his. He was not willing to do what it took to take care of his wife. He was not willing to love her with a selfish love. He was not willing to put his life on hold for his wife. And guys, we are to love We are to serve our wives the way that Christ loved and served the church. We are to submit to them by sacrificing for them. So guys, how do you submit to your husband? Or how do you submit to your wives? With a sacrificial love. With a sanctifying love. And with a selfish love. And if you do that, you will build a godly home. If you do that, your home will be filled with the Spirit of God. And if you do that, your home will be built upon a godly foundation. The last point I want to make, and I know some of you parents have been waiting for this. 
In a spirit-filled home, real quick, submission means the children willingly surrender to their parents. Chapter 6, 1 through 3. Paul writes, Children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. So in a spirit-filled home, submission means the children willingly surrender to their parents. The one last piece to the puzzle of a spirit-filled home is defined by godly submission, is the responsibility of children. Children, you are to submit to your parents by surrendering to them. And the best way, kids, that you can show your parents you love them, and one of the best ways you can show God you love Him, is to surrender to your parents by obeying them and honoring them. In verse 1, he said, Do this in the Lord because this is right. Because children, when you obey your parents, you are ultimately obeying God. There was a mom who wanted to have the last word, but she could not handle the hassle that resulted when she said no to her young son. And after a very trying day in frustration, she flung up her hands and shouted, All right, Billy, do whatever you want. Now let me see you disobey that. Some of you will get that later. What was she trying to do? She was so fed up with her child, not obeying her, that she was just about ready to give up. Parent, kids, don't put your parents in that situation. Don't question your parents. Don't ask why. Don't argue. Don't talk back. Don't complain. In fact, Scripture says do everything without arguing or complaining. And that everything includes obeying your parents. I remember when I was 16, it was probably the worst mistake I ever made. I looked at my mom, I said, I'm too old, you can't spank me now. She proved me wrong right there on the spot. She turned me up and she spanked me right there and said, don't you ever say that to me again. I learned my lesson to always obey and honor your parents. And don't say things like, you don't know anything. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, there's an interesting cycle that takes place in the life of a child. Children go from parents knowing everything and can fix anything to they don't know anything. And they turn back after they get out of the house that, you know what, my parents did know everything. I ran through that same cycle in my life as well. Children, obey your parents. Not only do what they ask, do what they ask with the right attitude. Doing the right thing with the wrong attitude negates what you did. It's like in our relationship with God. We can be obedient to God, but if we do it with begrudgingly or out of obligation or not, and, and not love, what we do does not please Him. And you need to obey your parents. You need to surrender to your parents out of love and honor and respect to them, even if you think they are demanding and unfair. And the only time you should disobey your parents is if they ask you to do something that's illegal, that's immoral, that's unethical, or sinful. That's not taking out the trash. That's not making your bed. That's not cleaning your room. And if your parents ask you to do something that is in any of those categories, you need to find a trusted adult to help you in that situation. Now, there will come a time, kids, where you will not have to obey your parents. 
That's the good news. The bad news is it's not elementary school. It's not middle school. It's not high school. And for me, it wasn't even in college when I was living at home. Because my parents' rules, if you're living at home, you're under my rules. And when you move out, you can be under your rules. So when is that time when you don't have to obey your parents? It's when you are no longer under their care. But even though there will come a time where you don't have to obey your parents, you will always have to honor your parents. Verse 2, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. You will always have to honor your parents. You always have to love them and cherish them and respect them and learn from them and seek their advice and even possibly take care of them for the rest of their life. There will come a time where you may need to take care of your parents and sacrifice for your parents the way your parents took care of you and sacrificed for you. Because you need to remember, your parents will always be your parents and you will always be their child. And God gave us the parents we have for a reason. Because our parents may not be perfect. And I'll be the first to admit I'm not a perfect parent. Just ask my boys. But you know what I discovered? My parents wasn't perfect. But I discovered they were perfect for me. God knew the parents I needed. And that's who he placed in my life to be my authority figures. And as I look back today, I'm so thankful for the parents I had. Did I like them a lot when I was growing up? No. Thought they were the worst parents in the world. But as I got older and older and older, I realized how much they knew. I realized how much they sacrificed for me. I realized how much they loved me. And my parents wasn't perfect, but they were perfect for me. And no matter how old you are, you are to always honor your parents. You see, by obeying your parents, you are obeying the Lord. By honoring your parents, you are honoring the Lord. By surrendering to your parents, you are submitting to the Lord. And you are showing your parents that you love them that you respect them, and that you honor them. And obeying your parents and honoring your parents, it comes with a promise. Verse 3, he says that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. And what's that promise? That God will reward you for your obedience. And as children, no matter how old you are, love and honor your parents while you can. Because there will come a day, there will come a time when you won't be able to talk to them. Or you won't be able to send them that text or, or make that phone call or have that discussion or seek their advice or ask that question that you wish they could answer. And you'll say things like, boy, I wish I could ask mom and dad. I wonder what mom and dad would say. I wonder what they would do. And I miss those conversations. I miss not being able to ask those questions. And you one day will miss those phone calls. You'll miss those texts. 
you'll miss those cards. So make the most of the time that God gives you with them. And submit to your parents by surrendering them, by obeying them and honoring them. And God will reward you and bless you for your obedience. And parents, submit to your children by loving them and teaching them about Jesus. He says in 6.4, I don't want to spend too much time, I'll come back to this later. He says, fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them in the training and instruction of the Lord. Parents, make sure your children know that you love them. By telling them and showing them. Be willing to sacrifice for them. Be willing to put their needs above your own. Make time for them. Understand they will not be young very long. They will not be under your care very long. And if you think about it, they will be in your home less than 22% of their life on this earth. The other 78%, they'll be out living in the world. Make the most of the time that God gives you your children by teaching them about Christ, by teaching them about the Bible, by training them up in the instruction of the Lord. In conclusion, I want to go back to verses 31 to 33. He says, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife. The two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I'm talking about Christ in the church. To some of each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. God designed marriage to be between a man and a woman for a lifetime. For better or for worse, for sickness or in health, until death do us part. And in verse 31, the word united means cleave. It means to be glued or submitted together, meaning there is no intention of that relationship being broken apart. And the coming together of a husband and a, and a wife is such that nothing can affect the one without affecting the other. And in order for the two to become one to move forward in life as a couple, as a family, there has to be submission on the parts of both. And submission can only be accomplished if both are submitted to Christ. Submission is not about rank. Submission is not about value, it's not about ability, it's not about worth. It's about God's calling and God's design. And marriage and family is a picture of the relationship between Christ and the church. Christ loved the church so much he died for her. And because of what he did for us, we are to live for him. And husbands, remember, you are to love your wife as Christ loved the church. You are to love her like Jesus. You are to sacrifice for your wife. You are to die daily for your wife. And wives, you are to submit to your husbands the way we are to submit to Christ. You are to live daily for your husband. You are to follow your husband as long as your husband is living for and following Jesus. And how a wife treats her husband and how a husband treats his wife and how children treat their parents will reveal the spiritual condition of a home. And families, if you want to build a godly home that is spirit-filled, everyone in the home must fulfill their God-given role and responsibility in order for that home to function as God designed it. And when a home has a wife that's willing to submit to her husband and respects her husband, and has a home that a husband sacrifices and loves his wife, and has a home that children surrender to their parents by obeying them and honoring them, and parents love their children by teaching them about Jesus. 
It is a spirit-filled home that has Christ as the foundation. And it brings glory and honor to God and is a witness to the world of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you want your family to be a, a picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ to a world that was lost, then make sure your home is spirit-filled and built on Christ. And you follow these principles of mutual submission that Paul has laid out in this passage this morning. And husbands, the greatest Mother's Day gift you can give your wife. It's not jewelry. It's not clothes. It's not a can opener. Don't give that, please. It is your life. And children, the greatest Mother's Day gift you can give your mom is to show you love her by honoring her, obeying her, and respecting her. Not just today, but every day that you live. Maybe you're here this morning and you haven't given your life to Christ. I want to encourage you to do so because you can't be the husband you need to be. You can't be the wife you need to be. You can't be the child God wants you to be unless you give your life to him. And we'd love to show you this morning how you can have Christ in your life and be the husband or the wife or the child that God wants you to be. Or maybe you're here this morning and you've given your life to Christ. Husbands, I ask you, how are you doing loving your wife? Do you love her sacrificially? Do you love her selfishly? Does your love for your wife sanctify her and cause her to grow in Christ? Are you willing to love your wife in such a way that she is willing to follow you and submit to you? Do you show your children you love them and tell them that you love them? And if you are not loving your wife and children the way God has called you to, I want to encourage you this morning, maybe even to come to this altar, but ask God to forgive you. And ask Him to help you become the husband that He wants you to be. And the husband that your wife needs you to be. And wives, how are you doing at submitting to your husbands? Do you respect Him? Do you pray for Him? Do you encourage Him? Do you support Him? Are you following Him as He is following Jesus? And if you are not submitting to your husband the way God has called you to submit, maybe you need to come and ask God for forgiveness and ask him to help you become the wife that he wants you to be and that your husband needs you to be. And children, how are you doing at surrendering to your parents? Do you obey them without arguing and complaining and questioning? Do you respect them and honor them and obey them? And do you recognize that by honoring and obeying your parents that you are obeying and honoring God? And if you are not surrendering to your parents the way God has called you to do, maybe you need to come, or maybe where you are, maybe you need to ask God for forgiveness and ask Him to help you to be the child that He has called you to be and that your parents need you to be and expect you to be. Maybe there's other decisions that need to be made. Maybe baptism. Maybe you've received Christ, but you haven't been baptized. Maybe you need to join the church this morning. Or if there are other decisions that you need to make, and during this time of commitment, this altar is going to be open for you, and I will be down in the front if you need to talk to me or for me to pray with you. But my prayer is that every home this morning would practice these guidelines that Paul has laid out in Scripture of mutual submission so that we can have godly homes and spirit-filled homes. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you this morning and just thank you for your word and thank you for your truth. And Father, I just thank you that you have designed the home to function in a certain way. 
And Father, if our home is going to function the way that you have called it to function, designed it to function, Father, it begins with us personally submitting to Christ. And then, Father, by us submitting to Christ, and other submission can happen in our home to each other. Father, I pray for the wives here this morning, Lord, that they'd be willing to submit to their husband as their husband leads them and their family in Christ. And Father, if they're not submitting to their husband the way that you've called them to, I pray this morning they say, I want to be a wife who willingly and lovingly submits to my godly husband. Father, if there are husbands here this morning who are not leading their family the way that you've called them to, Father, maybe that they're leading their family away from Christ instead of to Christ. Maybe they're not uh, loving their wives with that sacrificial love or that sanctifying love or that selfish love. And this morning, Father, they need to love their wives and their children differently. Father, maybe there are parents here this morning who have struggled loving their children. Father, maybe they don't love their children the way that you've told them to. Maybe they haven't brought their children up in the church, God, the way that you've asked them to. Father, may they, don't, may they not uh, show or tell their children they love them, God, like you ask us to tell and show our children. Father, I pray if there's children here this morning who aren't being obedient to their parents, who aren't honoring their parents, I pray they would make that commitment today to honor and to obey the parents that you've given them. And Father, I know each of us here this morning can make a decision based on what your word says. And Father, maybe the problem is we're not submitting to you. Father, maybe you're calling us to live a life of submission to you this morning. Father, maybe there are those who need to be baptized who want to join our church. Whatever decision needs to be made, Father, I pray that decision would be made this morning. Thank you for meeting us here. God, we love you. We praise you. And God, we just ask all these things in your most precious and holy name. Amen. If you need to make a decision this morning,